One of the most beautiful things about the good news, the gospel, is that God gives us another chance, even though we've messed up. He loves us even though we've sinned. In the same way, when you've made a mistake as a parent, you can learn to embrace that forgiveness of God and move forward with your child instead of being in kind of a a repeating failure cycle. I'm John Fuller, along with our Vice President of Parenting, Danny Huerta, and we're going to hear now a conversation that Focus President and author Jim Daly and I had with Dr. Gary Chapman, who last time addressed something that he calls the five languages of apology. Those are expressing regret, accepting responsibility, offering to make restitution, expressing the desire to change, and asking for forgiveness. So I think one of the things I suggest in this book is uh, with children that are just before the teenage years or when they're in the teenage years is to have have a family discussion about apology. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does, mm, that's what does a great every, idea. What does everybody think here is, is a sincere apology? Because we grew up, all of us grew up with some idea that we learned from our parents, mm-hmm. you know, that either I'm sorry, and maybe that's all we've ever learned, I'm sorry. So but what, what is your idea of what a sincere apology sounds like? And then discuss these five different ways, because these are ways we discovered with thousands of people that these five, way, five ways are very common. Yeah. So... What we're doing now is getting on the front burner of our teenagers and our and, and ourselves that there are going to be times we're going to have to apologize to each other because I'm not going to be a, a perfect father or a perfect mother, and you're not going to be perfect teenagers. You don't have to be perfect, but we want to deal with our failures. So when I hurt you, uh, if, if I if I don't come to you and apologize, you come to me and say, Dad, I think you owe me an apology. And so I'll, well, you tell me about it, and you tell me what you heard me say or do, and all, and I say, oh, I, I get it. You know, but I like that idea of inviting that. Yeah, inviting it. That so, makes a huge difference. Yeah, if you invite it, they'll come. Right. They'll come and tell you, you know. <laughs> but we're, we're saying this is a huge part of our family. We want to learn how to apologize, and then we want to learn how to forgive. And here's what it means to forgive, and we talk about forgiveness. That is a great idea. Yeah, just, mm. just pray up before you make that invitation. <laughs> be ready and be yep. open and yep. be real about that. Right. Uh, Gary, you have a illustration. Of course, you're counseling with lots of families and have done so for years. But you have a story about a 13-year-old that you counseled after he ran away from home. What happened? Well, in the course of our conversation, he said to me, my parents don't love me. They love my brother, but they don't love me. I knew his father and mother. I knew they loved him. The problem is they had never learned how to communicate love to him. Hmm. They had never learned what I call his love language. Right. And so, uh, you know, in the course of conversation and later on in counseling with the parents, we brought up this idea they weren't familiar with the concept of love languages and that this son has a love language that's different from your other son. And so he doesn't feel loved even though you love him. Right. And so... The whole concept of the five love languages applies in those teenage years because if a teenager doesn't feel loved by the parents, they're not going to be healthy emotionally. Yeah. They're not going to relate well to the parents, and chances are they won't relate well to other people. Well, what's so critical about that, and I, I think we all fall prey to this, is we think of that relationship from our viewpoint. Yeah. You know, I've said I love you. Yeah. I'm doing all the things that express love to you, but it's missing the mark because that's not their love language, yeah. which is really critical. To remind people of that or to introduce people to that, what are the five love languages quickly? Well, there are five ways to express love on an emotional level, whether it's with p- husbands and wives or with parents and children. 
One is words of affirmation, just looking for things that you can honestly, genuinely affirm them for. And then one is uh, acts of service, Mm -hmm. doing something for them that you know they would like for you to do. Cooking a meal is an act of service. Fixing their special meal that they really like as a teenager is an act of service. Quality time, giving them your undivided attention. That means when your teenager is talking with you, you give them your full attention. You're not looking at your computer or the television or reading a magazine. You're giving them full attention. And it doesn't always mean you're talking. Sometimes you can just be walking down the road with them and having time together or doing something they really want you to do with them, quality time. And then physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. And for some teenagers, this is their language. If you see them always hugging each other and hugging other people or patting people on the back, you'd be pretty sure that's what they want for themselves, you know. And then uh, the last one is receiving gifts. And for some teenagers, gifts is their primary language. Now, don't hear me saying if that's their language, give them everything they want. Right. No, no, no. We love them too much to do that. Even God doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> but I like that concept of it. what they're experiencing in that is that you are thinking of me. Yeah, I thinking. like putting it in that context because yeah. I, I think you've used the reference that you can give your teenager a rock because yeah. <laughs> it has certain colors that reminded yeah. uh, you of that teenager. And they may save that gift, yeah. which you would never save a rock, right? But for yeah. them, it meant something. Or you can be taking a walk and find a bird feather. Yeah, and just brush it off right. and take it home. And if if gifts is their language, that teenage son is that his language. You say, man, I found this, and I thought about you, man. Look at the colors in this thing. I don't yeah. know what bird. What bird do you think this came? Out? I want you to have this. I think the concept of the five love languages has been one of the more significant principles that we've used in our parenting. It's been so helpful to me. And um, Danny, there's probably somebody who is thinking, yeah, I hear that. I hear Dr. Chapman. And my kids, now that they're teens, that love language doesn't work anymore. They don't want anything to do with me. There's a natural separation that takes place in the teen years. How do we bridge that gap? And are you sure that's not a new concept, this five love languages thing, John? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been such a great resource for families, for marriages, for parents to understand their kids and their teenagers. Just know when a child goes into the teen years, there's a new priority there. And that is the friendships. So they still have love languages with their friendships, right? Ah, okay. And uh, so they'll, they'll seek belongingness. They're going to seek uh, a sense of competence and uh, overall approval from their friends, a sense of worth from there. It's as if it's survival to them to be connected with their friends. So we need to understand that as parents. It doesn't mean that they're losing their love languages. Uh, that you may need to ask them, what is a good way to show you love? Mm-hmm. Now that you're growing up and things are changing and shifting and respecting the fact that it's changing, ask them, here are the five love languages. We've got quality time, acts of service, gifts, and then you've got words of encouragement, those life-giving words, and then physical touch. Mm-hmm. So go through those with your kids. Maybe they, uh, your child loved touch early on, and now they're becoming teenagers. They don't want you hugging them all the time. Maybe they want that quality time or uh, words of affirmation that they're needing to have. Shift that and, and write it out somewhere so that you can continue to practice this in your home and uh, have fun with that and have, have your teens learn about the rest of the family's love languages and why that's important. Okay, so I tried that, and all I get is blank, silence, <laughs> nothing. How do well, I engage? 
What a loveless guy there, John. Yeah. Well, what you want to do is is just say, hey, we want to show you love. That's something that people tend to really enjoy and have. And I'm mm. not going to force it on you, but I certainly would want to be able to uh, be effective at it with mm-hmm. you. And you're showing that this is about them. It's not anything about you or it being beneficial necessarily to you. You are focusing on the relationship and you want to pour into them and be effective at doing so. And most most kids will get that over time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, persevere, parent. Persevere. <laughs> That's right. Now, we've got an article for follow-up. It's written by Dr. Gary Chapman called How to Help Your Teen Get Closer to God, which ties into uh, that spiritual component of the love language concept. And we're going to link over to that in the episode notes. We also have a link to uh, donate to the ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, We're listener-supported, and we rely on generosity of friends like you who have benefited from the content uh, that we offer through these podcasts and so much more. So if Focus on the Family has made a difference in your life, if this podcast has helped you in any way, shape, or form, uh, make a donation today, uh, a gift of any amount, either a monthly pledge or a one-time donation. And we'll say thanks for being a part of the support team by sending a copy of that book by Gary Chapman, called Things I Wish I'd Known Before My Child Becomes a Teenager. All the details are in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear from another famous Gary. It's Gary Thomas, and he'll talk about the value of seeing your kids grow in their faith. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. Club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com radio.